You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, uh, hello everybody and welcome to After the Show number 63. This is Sunday, March the 29th, 2009. And this week we got a bit of a double header for you, as they say in the porn industry. Oh, sorry. Funny. <laughs> I didn't think Sid was with me this week. She was just totally quiet. Um, so we're looking at the movie Bedtime Stories uh, on Blu-ray Disc and The Truman Show on Blu-ray Disc. So, But primarily we're looking at Bedtime Stories. Truman Show's kind of a... It'll be a written review this week. It's a labour of love. Yeah, so primarily Bedtime Stories. So this is a Blu-ray Disc. Its year of release was 2008. It was actually released on Christmas Day 2008. Interesting. Christmas Day is a good time to release this kind of movie, I think. If mm. anybody goes to the theatre on Christmas Day, that is. Because when we want to go to it the th- theatre on Christmas Day, it's always closed. Our stupid, back-ass word. In fact, we don't. <laughs> theatre We very closed. rarely want to go to the theatre, but Christmas Day is one of those days we do. We wanted to make a tradition we never of going go. to a movie on Christmas Day, going out to dinner and going to a movie. Well, what did we find? The only restaurant in town open was Country Kitchen, which sucks a lot. And then we were like, well, we'll eat the crappy food, and then we'll go to the movie. And we went to the theater, and they don't open until 3 in the afternoon. And let me just say this ritual, what we were trying to develop. We have <laughs> never done it. No. We've not done the meal part all the year. We've never been able to accomplish it. I think one time we might have been to the cinema. On the way back from going to my mother's, we stopped in a different town, because their theater was open. Yeah, but here you've actually got no chance. But anyway, we digress. That's why we built our own theater. Um, so... This is a DVD uh, and Blu-ray. Well, yeah, this is a kind of a weird one. Anyway, it's from Disney. It's out on DVD and Blu-ray disc. But the Blu-ray disc contains the DVD. Uh, the, the Blu-ray slash DVD combo is released on Sunday the 5th of April. But if you just want the plain DVD edition, you have to wait till Tuesday the 7th of April. I thank you. Uh, so what do we have? We have the Blu-ray slash DVD combo. But so we in that box, it's got the Blu-ray and the DVD and, and the no, digital copy. Yeah, okay. all three things. Four. Quite a lot of money. I'm clarifying for everyone because what you said was a little bit confusing. Yeah, well, let me simplify. If you want the DVD and the Blu-ray disc in one box together with a digital copy, go to your stores on Sunday the 5th of April, next Sunday. If you want the, just the plain DVD... Go to your stores on Tuesday as normal. DVD Tuesday. Now, that kind of thing, when you say that, does that mean if you go to a Blockbuster or another video store to rent it? They will only be renting the Blu-ray disc on that day. Actually, they don't put the DVD out. Even if they have? Even if it comes with it, they don't. How do you know this? Just from looking. People have asked about that before. It's like magic information you just pulled out of your ass, but Cause whatever. Because <laughs> what, what Disney are doing here is like encouraging people to buy the Blu-ray version. Of course. By giving you the DVD... And releasing it a couple of days early. So all those early adopters who definitely want it on the day it comes out, you would buy that one. And then maybe buy a Blu-ray player. And the idea is good. We got them all in there. Kids, we've just discussed I, this before. Yeah, it's a so good idea. As long as the price isn't high, but you said. Other, other, you know, we've said this before, other DVD people, companies, film, movie studios should do this. Uh, I think it's the perfect way of doing it. Because there's sometimes where I look at a release coming out and when it says there's a Blu-ray and the DVD in the box, that throws me over the edge to get that instead of just getting the cheap DVD because I oh, think... Oh, 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 I have an idea. I have an idea. I'm raising my hand. Can I say my idea? How about this? 
get the stick out of your ass and stop charging so much for Blu-ray players and Blu-ray discs and just let everybody afford a Blu-ray player and move on Blu-ray to Blu-ray players are... That's my... Funnily, uh, seriously. Why make it confusing for everybody? Well, funnily enough, the story on that is uh, our other reviewer, Squidly, who reviews on our site, uh, bought a Blu-ray player this week and <laughs> spent less than $150 on it. So Blu-ray players are coming down and they're not super unaffordable like they used to be, $500. They're not yeah. other. So he paid less than 150 and he got like a the latest Blu-ray player that does everything, BD Live, the whole lot. So. But I have a little business um, advice for the movie companies if you and the electronic companies. Sell your players for like 50 bucks. You're going to sell a ton more DVDs. That will happen. The Blu-ray players will, I think, by this Christmas, Blu-ray players will be $99. I can't see why not because they really don't cost that much to make. And DVD players... Got to that price. Yeah, they're cool. down to like you can get one for seventeen bucks. You know, you can probably get a DVD player for a tenner. I, I think ten dollars. I think you probably you know in like a discount store, even if it's one of those little portable. Yeah, and they're ones. fine. Oh, yeah. they're perfect. Though. Well, a DVD player is a DVD player, really. Yeah. You know. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> uh, so this is put out by Disney, Are and we? this is the and Sito's going to say the synopsis. We're starting with bedtime stories. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. The synopsis is. Um, an uncle is given the responsibility of taking care, helping take care of his niece and nephew for a week. He lives in a hotel that his father started as a motel when he was a child, and now he's like the handyman. And of course, there's this, um, you know, a very standard, unoriginal concept of the big bad owner guy and this sleazy henchman dude wanting the big job, and the handyman, of course, wanting to have the managerial job. And that's kind of one thing. And then at some point, he's telling the children bedtime stories. And some of the things that happen in the bedtime stories seem to be happening in real life. And this, of course, is where the comedy and the fantasy comes in. And then there's love interest and... uh, It's a family comedy. Yes, it is. And, you know, in the vein of something like... You know, it's Disney. we, We must mention it's Disney. It's aimed at families. If you like something like Enchanted... I was thinking Enchanted recently, one that we've mm-hmm. seen. It's in that it's suitable for everybody. It's not offensive. It's what it is, what it is. Yeah. Now, did you like it? What, what was your... I did. Uh, I enjoyed it. I laughed a lot of different times because there's a lot of just fun moments and the kids are really funny and the story's pretty fun. I mean, it's just very standard, obviously. So I enjoyed it. But I, you know, I would watch the Truman Show fifty times <laughs> instead of I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back to it again. But I actually enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. I like all the different characters and people and stuff. I didn't find anybody to be annoying. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, well, but it wasn't like. I well, I wanted to mention about it was it's an Adam Sandler Happy Madison Madison production. Adam Sandler's getting older, and you know, I don't know if he's a family. Ma- I don't know if he has kids. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But. Um, I feel it's kind of a, a cool that you know, because he's known for making kind of risky, kind of, you know, screwball comedies for adults, and then... Yeah, but what about Big Daddy? Yeah, exception. But I, I'm thinking of a lot of his other ones are not really skewed towards the family side. Yeah, his comedy style, which he's doing the same thing as he does in every other movie in this one, works on both sides of the fence. It does, and it's always got a heart yeah, Every always. one of his movies has the underdog guy with a good heart 
Every single it's one. Exactly. It's like the water boy. Or All of them, yeah. And I like Nikki. that. See, that I like. Even little Nikki has that at heart. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's crap to me. Um, so I really like that. It seems like <laughs> it's just... It's very low, not yeah, kind of low common denominator with the one-liners it and is. the yucking it up. But I really enjoy but this it. one. This one in general, this one also. It's it's also you know if you don't like Adam Sandler, this won't change your mind. It's just the Correct. same thing. But this one's also skewed towards a lower age, um, and this is the funny thing to me because Sandler's comedy is juvenile anyway, right? So. You don't really have to change it. Nope. It's just the same thing, but with less... There's fart jokes and yeah, a guinea pig with giant eyeballs. I mean, they can't make a joke about a prostitute in this like you might do in another one, but <laughs> but he'll make a joke about fine, and it's the same. So I th- I think it's kind of, you know, the guy has got something, hasn't he? I think so. I mean, there are a lot of, of a little bit too... Um, it's Hollywoody. Yeah, Hollywoody, and there's a lot of like little dialogue moments where you're like, okay, let's not be quite so cute or so. Like, it's funny when he says to her, you know, this is my cushion of whatever, when he's tra- parked yeah, his yeah. car on two spaces, and can you get out of my you space might. of whatever, and she rolls her eyes. And I mean, there's a lot of cutesy stuff, but I mean, it goes with the movie. It's just that I'm a little too, like, you see through it. Even, or you think like, oh man, they must have done that ten times, and they just were on a roll with their ad-libbing, and that's what came out. I know. It's still fun. I, overall, I had a good time. And I think it's very written. Like, um, it's almost like... I know it's bedtime stories, but it's almost like the whole thing. Do you know, like mm-hmm. like you say, some ad-libbing. I don't feel like there's a lot of that. I feel like it's pretty... Like, this is what we're doing. We know what we're doing exactly, you know. And it's pretty... Is it stiff? A little it, bit. That's I'm trying to put a word to it, but it feels... Like it's I, I like always a say stage Hollywood. show almost like yeah like you, a theatrical thing yes or yeah I mean, but in those moments of actorly moments and you know sort of like movie moments it's good yeah as a whole it's good it's just it doesn't give me any sort of like oh that's really good I think that I'd like to watch that again none now, of that no no none of that for me either but um, I can imagine a lot of people younger kid you know. Not younger kids, even teenage kids, younger, I think would love it, you know. And Adam Sandler fans will love it too to see. I know Big Daddy's a similar, but to see this side of him, like, you know. I think that also, as you're watching it, it tries awfully hard, even though it's part of it, with the, you know, he's telling bedtime stories. Excuse me, I about had to belch. Oh, you can make a joke about that if you want. (laughs) No, thanks. Telling the bedtime story, so we're going back to Wild West, and we're going back to Roman times, and we're going to some enchanted castle, and so you get a lot of that thrown at I actually at you. liked how that worked. I liked that it wasn't... And outer space, so you got all of that going on, so sometimes it feels a little, even that feels a little gimmicky, but it fits, obviously, yeah, in what it's doing. But what I liked about the, that, the, the premise of the film is, it didn't venture off into, like, um... Fantasy, total fantasy. No, not no. at all. It's, no, no, it's all grounded completely. Yeah, it's right in Apart the from some of... things that are in that you you're seeing while he's telling, like you say, while he's yeah. telling the story, you're seeing the story visually, but that doesn't exist. So I, that's what I like about it. And then the parallels between that story and what's going on in his real life, which is kind of like Enchanted too. You know, bringing mm. yeah a, a fairy tale into real life. It's the same kind of deal. But this one always has an ex. 
explanation for fantastical things that happen. I'm I'm pointing to you referring yeah, yeah. to this. Yeah. I thought that scene was really cool when the camera yeah. went up and then you know it's it's. But not always. Don't be mislead misleading because that's not always the case. You mean there's. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing <yeah>. a little. <laughs> well, I'm acting it out without. I'm in a mime right now. The little. Yeah. So and that had no explanation. That's the little Nicky moment for me. <laughs> the light up moment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but Sandler in general, I think it's love it or love him or hate him. Um, now, whenever I watch him now, in new stuff, I want more of him from doing something like Punch Drunk Love again. Not like Punch Drunk Love, but I mean another movie where I was he's just a about to man, say Punch Drunk Love, and he's like. You know the lead character without this happy, happy Gilmore world. You know because I think he, I actually think oh he's got more he's, to him. He's than, yeah than I think thing. he's actually super. But then again, you think he must he probably produces and he maybe, does. Does he direct stuff that we don't? I don't know. No, I know of. He's a. He, I think he's skillful. He's definitely a movie. I think he's mold. underrated as an individual, kind of like Jim Carrey, which we'll get to. I think they're parallel in that people underrate them because they've done goofy, funny, um, like this. You know lower common denominator and we'll get to Jim Carrey in a minute but in fact I think and I watch closely and I'm the first one to throw stones at somebody if I think they suck I think they're really really quality both of them yeah and you know I have never been a mega fan of Adam Sandler The Waterboy is my favourite of the earlier ones oh dear I always thought that one was really (laughs) funny it's just Little Nicky I didn't like Big Daddy I thought was charming not particularly funny um what else did you have? Uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I didn't like Happy kinda Gilmore. Kind of silly. Um, I like Billy Madison. That Billy, was one of Billy the best Madison ones. was, yeah. Or, that Excuse might, me, my nose is That might have been... No, that's not my favorite. I, I really like The Water Boy. I just like it. And there's actually a nod to The Water Boy in this uh, movie. Yeah. Well, it's from every movie. No, he, he calls him Bobby Boucher at one point. Oh, right. Yeah, which is The Water Boy. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah. So, <laughs> see, I don't, I'm not a fan of the movies that yeah. hardcore, but... Uh, there, there are definitely... If you're a, a Sandler Happy Madsen fan, there's a lot of nods get, to... I can do it. Yeah, yes, there's you that. Can. There's Alan Covert pops up at one point for a very brief... Is he getting in the car? Yeah. Anybody yeah. who's, you know... A Sandler... Is it like it's Kevin world. Smith has the Skewniverse, viewer Skewniverse or whatever? There's He's the got Sandlerverse. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> Madsen, Madisonverse or whatever <laughs> But yeah, if you like him, even though it is a kids' movie at heart, and when we go into the cast, there's some interesting choices of cast considering it's a kids' movie. Yeah, if ten years ago you were an Adam Sandler fan, like or ten or fifteen years ago, whenever the other got movies kids. were made, and now you've got kids that are seven, six, seven, eight, ten years old, and you still like you can take them to this, and you, you get... don't want to show them Little Nicky because it might be a bit risque for you for them. Is but it? Yeah, yeah, it, it had some. Just because it's got the devil. It's got some sex jokes in Little Nicky, I'm afraid to say. Mm. What, what you probably shouldn't be saying around kids. Harvey Keitel is a... Well, those people who brought their young child to see Devil's Rejects, they would probably take... We went to the theater once to see Devil Re- the Devil's Rejects, and a couple brought their small child with them. Like a crying that? baby, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, I don't care if you're a baby. You don't need to be going to that movie. No, because those images will be in Devil... That's in another the- side point but i'm just saying you can take your children to this one it's perfectly appropriate but anyway overall um before we go on to the cast for me um i really enjoyed it it isn't the kind of repeat viewing film i definitely wouldn't repeat view it i would show it to youngsters though i think it's got a good sentiment i think it you know it's 
it's kind of candy coated view of things, yeah. but it also has, you know, broken parents and you know it's yeah. got a bit of everything there. Like it does have life story in it. Yeah, it does. Bedtime story, life story. Anyway, moving on to the cast. We've got Adam Sandler as Skeeter Johnson, and we just mentioned him. He's Adam Sandler. Yeah. He's nothing different. He wears the same khaki pants mm. and, and... Click. That's click. another one. Yeah, Click mm. was fine. Yeah. It was fine, I thought, Click. Um, Made I... the road for me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Fine. It was fine. It was not great. It sentiment was... there, though. Big sentiment again. Yeah. And crazy... Um... <laughs> weird fantasy mixed in with some weird reality. Yeah. And then we've got Carrie Russell as Jill. Who I like her. Yeah, who is she, exactly? What has um, she been in? Because I couldn't... She seems familiar. Let me have a look. She wasn't Swim Fan, right? That's that other girl. No, that's that other girl. That's who I like as well. I like them both. Carrie um, Russell. She was She was in some fantasy movie, I think, as a princess or something. I don't know. But there. I like her. In the... What I think is... When I'm watching this movie, particularly, and I'm watching her, and she's really... She's good. She does a little bit too many quibby one-liners with him, but I can imagine with your... If you're acting against Adam Sandler, you get a little cutesy, right? But then at one point she has to be a mermaid, and at one point she's she's you know riding on a motorcycle, riding on a horse, all these different things. And I just think she's pretty good sport, and yeah. she gets she, in this movie everybody gets to do a lot of different stuff. Yeah, and she holds up to every. I mean, she's really grounded, like to me. I like her style, the way she. You know, she's not too cute, and she's not like trying to be. You know. She's from Mission Impossible 3, by the way. Mission I do remember in Mission Impossible 3. I, re- I can see her face right now. She was the girl? Main girl? Uh, yes. I don't remember. No, I do. Uh, I liked her, though. I really did. Yeah, she was good. And she... What? Yeah, we know. What did she play? What, what's the... Aunt. Well, auntie. she's the friend of the mother. Friend of... But kind and of she's, like, uh, helping tell... <laughs> The bell for the chicken just went They off. probably didn't hear that. It's too far away. <laughs> I'm telling you. The timer for the chicken just went off. Um, and then we've, I've wrote a lot of people down here. We wrote Jonathan Morgan Height as Patrick. Um, That's the kid? Yeah, that is the kid. Yeah. Kids were good. Both kids Really were good. good. Yeah, yeah. And I find that in most cases nowadays, if there's two kids or a kid in a movie, Disney movie or whatever, they're always pretty good. And then when I see them in the extras, I think, wow, those kids are so grown up. Yeah. Like, it's odd. That seems a bit odd. Like, they're not really kids anymore like they know all the talk and all the speak now we occasionally you watch movies where the kids are too theatrical yeah and too sugary these are just like kids they just acted like kids yeah the kids like from um what was it with uh Rudd and oh yeah yeah knocked up those kids were his kids and they were really good like Apatow's kids weren't they yeah, and then we've got Guy Pearce, who I absolutely love as Kendall, and I think he will, ha- you know, he played it a real hammed yeah, up, a, yeah. um, camp almost, a, um, bad guy kind yeah. of guy. And you know, Guy Pearce. Uh, that's what I was saying. Like, this is a kids' movie, and then there's some choices of people in here. You're like, he came on the screen, and you go, "Wow!" <laughs> yeah, I get. I was like, "No way!" It's Memento guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. a, that, that that's not right. Oh, it's the guy from Neighbors because he used to be in Neighbors oh, when right. I was a kid. Um, he was in Neighbors with Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue. Um, but no he's really good and, and he just has fun with this it's just completely he's got a funny haircut he hums it but up. it does show the difference when someone that you know is a dramatic actor and you've seen do a solid movie or seen him in that kind of role there's a difference between a quality person trying to pull off this sort of camp not camp it's what almost did you say? funnier to me yeah because he does it well he doesn't overdo it you know the guy who plays um, Shit Palm 
the father who gets shit palmed in yep. mall rats. The yeah, guy who played Henry guy. Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah, you know, I don't remember him in that so much. But he in the Henry. funny roles that he does, he overdoes it all the time, I think. In that weird, yeah. uncomfortable, it's not funny anymore, it's just, it seems like bad acting, but it isn't. That's the difference between someone like Guy Pierce doing it, where it's weird, it's just never over... It blends better. He doesn't seem out of... It's also funnier because you you don't expect him to do silly things. Well, see, I don't think of it that way at all. I see, don't. That, for me, that's it. And Lucy Lawless. And then we've got Russell Brand as a... Uh, <laughs> Russell Brand as Mickey. Now, when I was saying, like, funny choices of people for a kid's movie, <laughs> we just watched Russell Brand stand-up last night, and he's about as... You probably wouldn't want him in a room with your kids <laughs> with the kind of things he... No, you mean in I'm not, person. I'm not talking about in person. I'm talking about you, you wouldn't want, want that stand-up on in a room with your kids. Correct. Because it is, like, completely offensive to everything, right? Um, and well, let's be honest. He's not that bad. He's not hardcore like some people. He's pretty... Would you let your kids watch the, Watch his stand-up? I would not. He says not the young cunt several oh, times. Oh, true. He, um... He, <laughs> I wonder how many people you just... It, you, you say that word in America, and that even offends grown-ups. So. Yeah, it's a common word in England. <laughs> swear word. It's as common <laughs> as the F word. <laughs> See, but you don't say the F word. You say that. And then yeah. people go like, what? Yeah. The like, C word is a lot worse than the F word to some... Like, you stupid <laughs> cunt. That's just common to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, for the record... Those words have never come out of your mouth directed at me. Actually, funny... Because fun- you might be buried in the garden. The funny thing is, uh, talking about the word cunt... <laughs> Do you have to say it multiple times? Yes, um, because I'm just about to discuss it. The funny thing about that word is, if you watch any British drama or serious movie, you will hear that word used in mm-hmm. regular conversation. The only thing I've ever heard that word used in, and I've seen lots of American movies, obviously, is The Sopranos. Like, I've heard it in a couple of things, but very rare you hear it in a Hollywood movie. Um, True. You really don't hear it. But because it offends The, the Sopranos overly used it. There was a period in The Sopranos, one of the seasons, where it was used every episode, pretty much, because Paulie t- had took to saying it a lot. And don't you think it was the same time when Deadwood came around and Cocksucker and stuff started? I mean, that kind of, they pushed that. But The Sopranos quirkiness. is the only thing I can think of that I've seen American that really pushes that word. And, you know, it's just not used, is it? It's mm-hmm. a, it's and there's a, a reason for that. Kind of an old-fashioned word or something. You know, it's twat. People don't really use that much here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Are you going to put explicit We're talking about a Disney movie here, right? <laughs> That's funny. But anyway. In this movie, that word does not ever happen. <laughs> in neither of these movies do you hear any C word, F word, T word, nothing. No bad words and we, at all. And we also want to say that um, this <laughs> this podcast is rated uh, explicit. explicit every week. So if you're tuning in, um, don't if be If your offended. children are listening, it's your own fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so Russell Brand is an English comedian. Um, he's also in... Um, forgetting Sarah Marshall which I really loved him in that that was one of the first things I really saw him in even though he presented Big Brother Big Brother companion show in England um, he's the same in both movies Let's in this one he's a toned down version of Russell Brand though but yeah. he does have his own qu- My fun- the funniest part for me is where uh, Adam Sandler flicks some ketchup on his head <laughs> yeah. and then he just dips his chips he goes in- you don't know I love ketchup on my head and he takes a french fry and dips it on his dips head, it in his head and he's there. I thought it was really funny <laughs> But yeah, he's, he's, you can tell he's really good with the kids on the uh, on the set because he's funny. He's just funny. He's a charming bloke. 
so yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more of Russell Brand in the coming. He seems to be making that a Disney name would hire an ex heroin addict uh-huh. who's had many. It's antics. strange, isn't it? <laughs> but definitely strange. You know, things come around, don't they? Yeah. He, he made friends with Adam Sandler. We saw him on Howard Stern and Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler hired him for that. Um, so then there's Lucy Lawless as Aspen, who was Xena the Warrior Princess, who we also saw on Flight of the Concords. That's a couple of what weeks it was. Ago. That's right. Um, she kind of creeps into those little roles. I like her. I like Xena. Yeah, and Xena uh, was good. I, I, you know, she got to wear all the crazy costumes. She was a troll. She was like the little evil desk woman that Adam Sandler didn't like because, like, this hotel's been taken over by this big corporation that his father used to own, and um, she's real condescending to him. But she does a good, a good little. Now she's one of those that kind of goes over the top of camp. Uh, um, a little too. She's hamming you know, it up too, though. Hams it up. That's you said earlier. That's the word. But I love looking at her. So. I don't really care what she does. Well, this movie is essentially a ham fest. Everybody's hamming yeah. it up. Uh, except, I don't believe Courtney Cox is hamming it up at all. She's just playing But she Courtney says Cox. she explains that later in the movie. She says, you were always the one who loved the fantasies, and I was always the downer. Uh-huh. So I actually felt like that explains why her kids have to eat wheatgrass, and they can't eat burgers, and they can't watch TV, and they take everything real serious. She wants the uncle to come and... Give him a little more, and so I thought she so was Courtney fine. Cox. Let's just put put that clear. She plays the mother of the kids. Yeah, um, the sister. I just yeah, wanted so. to say this was the thing for me. They, you know, she's a strict like a vegan type or a health food nut or whatever. I think just doesn't want her kids to eat junk food. Yeah, which is a, a fair sentiment, uh, but doesn't also want them to watch TV so they don't have a television in the house. Yet in between the kiddies' beds, they have a nice iMac. <laughs> <laughs> that was a contradiction. I was like, mm, if you don't want them to do bad things, why is the iMac in between the bed? For learning. She's a teacher. Yeah, but still. They have to have a computer. An iMac's probably worse than the television. You know? Um, yeah. but, she probably has parental control. Let's be honest. Yeah, She's but, that kind of parent. But yeah, Courtney Cox is there. I particularly, I'm not keen on her. I I'm thought, neutral. She's not really in this movie very much. Really. It's like 20 minutes. Uh, no, probably 10 minutes total. If now, I liked her in the... Scream movies. Uh, I've never really been into it, to be honest. I don't, I don't know what it is. I just can't. You just never liked Friends, so you find it obnoxious that any of I, them have gone on I, to a I, career. I can honestly say, and this is this is funny, right? This is probably like most people. This has been. I've never seen an episode of Friends. Never, not even one episode. I have seen brief moments of it when somebody shows a clip of it, but I never ever watched one. Not even one episode. So I'm sure I'm in the minority there because. Didn't, didn't most people watch that? Or in some way... Yeah, I'd say the majority of people who you would talk to would have seen some of it. I yeah. watched the first two years. I'm proud to say it, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I watched it the first two years when all the, you know, um, must-see Thursday stuff was on with Cheers and all that. I mean, it all kind of came... And Frasier. So, yeah, I watched it then, but then it just wore really thin. But... So it's... Courtney Cox. She was fine. I mean... All I can think of when I'm watch- looking at her, though, is that's Courtney Cox. Yeah, but what, you know? what I'm saying, I didn't develop a hatred of her because I watched Friends for so long and, hate- and started oh, right. hating her. Because the only thing I would have been exposed to her is the Scream movies, I guess. That's it. Um, and, no, I can't think of anything else. She's been in a couple other movies, but... Nothing um, mm. what you'd mem- remember and say, wow, Courtney Cox, brilliant. Uh, so then there's Jonathan Price as Marty Bronson, which I, I really like Jonathan Price. He was a Bond villain at one point. He was the voice of Jack on uh, Jumping Jack Flash with Whoopi Goldberg. A Bond uh, bad guy. That's right. That was one of the good ones. The yeah. m- the Ice media Castle. mogul. Yeah. No, not the Ice Castle. He was the media mogul. 
Yeah, it was. It he was. owned the satellites that he was going to take over everything with. I thought that was the same movie at the end. It, there was the big ice castle. Was it? Yeah, it was the same movie. It was The World Is Not Enough. Are you sure? <laughs> it had Th- Terry Thatcher in it? Yeah, that's it. That's the one with the ice castle at the end, isn't it? No, that's Holly Berry. Oh. What? Is it? Yeah. Ice oh. Castle is Halle Berry. She's the one that gets trapped in there. Oh, okay. The Ice Castle one was the one called... The one with Madonna who did the song. Yes. Die Another Day. And was that not the Jonathan Price? I don't think so. He was the media mogul. Terry Thatcher was married so to So that's him. the world is not enough, probably, right? No, because that's oil. That's one with uh, Robert Carlyle. Why are we talking about Bond movies? <laughs> we haven't even got to the Truman Show yet. I just wanted to know what, what, he, what Jonathan Price was the bad guy in, so people know... Who I think Jonathan it was the Price one is. in the beginning when all that thing blew up and the girl, he had the girl with him from that media place. Because I'm sure a lot of people don't know who Jonathan Price is, mm. but they would with if they saw him. Like, uh, it, it doesn't come up on IMDb for some reason. P R Y C E is not, it's how you spell it. You've got it spelled wrong, I think. P R I C E. Oh, it's P R Y C E on the credits. Oh, cool. So I know stuff. Now, should, should I go in and talk about somebody else? Jonathan Price, There he is. Uh, Marty Bronson. So, yeah, Jonathan Price in this movie plays um, Adam Sandler's father. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, the big part of it, I think, is the voiceover, telling the story, and then kind of seeing the roots of why Adam Sandler has a fondness for this hotel, because he was raised there, his father started it. You know. And then as adults, of course, he's not there. We still hear his voice occasionally. He has a very distinct voice. Tomorrow sure. Never Dies. That's it. it. Um, but yeah, he's good. Uh, and then there's, I just put Alan Cover appears as Ferrari guy with Carmen Electra's <laughs> hot girl sat next to him. Who was the guy who played the owner? He was from Jurassic Park, wasn't he? Isn't that the guy? No, that was the guy from Harry Potter, right? Don't know. You mean the British guy? Yeah, the big Kind guy. of fat with him. Yeah, afraid of germs. He played, I mean, you know, he was, he was all right. Harry Potter, I believe. Uh, Richard Griffiths. Okay. Plays Barry Nottingham. Yes. and uh, He's he, like the big mogul guy who comes along, buys up the little hotel. He's from the Harry Potter movies. Turns it into a big corporate thing. And he was also from Venus, and he played <gasps> his, his friend. friend. Yeah. Oh, Venus is wonderful. Oh, yep. my goodness. And uh, there's also uh, Teresa Palmer as Violet Nottingham. Oh, she was who, all right. Who I didn't... She plays call. like a little Paris Hilton wannabe girl. She's the blonde daughter of the rich hotel mogul. Obviously. And I couldn't figure out who she was, and then when I look here, she was in The Grudge 2. Never saw it. Never saw that one. Uh, grudge 1 was enough for me, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very good, The Grudge. It was alright. No, I, I thought it was creepy, some of it, it personally. Was just, I didn't after seeing The Ring like, and all that stuff. Yeah. It was just almost felt like a Me Too thing for me, but anyway, we digress again. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and, and anybody who, also in this movie, small parts, anybody who's associated with Adam Sandler, or Adam Sandler, you'll probably see them. There's also a, an yeah. appearance from The Animal. Yeah. What's that guy called? I don't remember his name. The Animal. Yeah, Deuce Bigelow. Wait, Deuce Bigelow guy, yeah. Yeah. And I like that. He, he just has something about him, that guy. It's not classy funny or anything. No. But there's just something funny about him to me. It's the way he acts is, like, peculiar. He like, looks at yeah, just looks weird. at him like, <laughs> like he's Like, if he's doing a character, no matter how stupid the character is, he's in it, like. Yeah, he totally. doesn't break from it. He just does it. <laughs> I think 51 for, 50 First Dates is one of my favorite he's in parts he's in. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of his because he's really funny. Yeah, he's funny in that. It's funny. To me, he's funny in most things. Juice Bigelow, I thought was actually... I did of, like Juice Bigelow. 
What's he called? <laughs> Rob Schneider. Schneider. Yeah, that's him. Rob Schneider. Ooh, my synapses are really firing today. Let's okay, so moving on to the director of this movie, Adam uh, Shankman. Now, Adam Shankman also directed The Pacifier with Vin Diesel, <laughs> Hairspray, the uh, one that just came out recently with um, John Travolta, and Cheaper by the Dozen 2. Which recently? Hairspray's old. Well, they, they had a, just a new version of Hairspray about one year ago, last oh, year, really? with John Travolta as uh, playing the woman. And Cheaper by the Dozen Part 2. Which I never saw. I never um, saw the first one. I, you never saw the first one? I saw bits I, I saw of the it. first one, yeah. I think I saw the second half on TV. It was average. Uh, Hairspray was 2007. Mm, right, okay. Um, he also is doing Hairspray 2 in 2010. And so he likes the theatrical, light-hearted... He also did bringing the down top. the house with um, there Steve you go. Knight. There's another one. So he's that he's that that genre genre. And the wedding planner. <laughs> you missed a few here. And that's it. A walk to remember. I don't know what that one is. Um, but anyway, I feel like the direction was fine. Neutral. But it was one of those like the pacifier. I think we actually are all the game plan. Those kind of movies that Disney make. They're very polished. They're very Product, I felt that's all it was. Yep, cookie cutter. In fact, I don't know who directs Adam Sandler's movies in general. Don't know which directors he has. You know, for his mm-hmm. Happy Madsen movies, but they all come across kind of the same to me, uh, just from direction wise. They're very straight up. You know, here's a shot of this. Yep, because it's not about that. It's about it's telling film. a little story. Yeah, that's it's, it. it's not like artistic. So it's just nothing. Here's like the that. people pointing the camera. At them. Now he did have to have quite a. An adventure here because he was directing loads of different kinds of sets, loads of different sets of costumes, loads of different sets of a extras. A lot of CG in this. Yeah, movie. there's lots of CG, lots of extras, and lots of variety. There's it's not just all living rooms and pool sides. It's like you've got to have a coliseum in one scene, and then you've got to have trolls in another. So if he pull, if he was like kind of, but he didn't put his stamp on it. Do you know? And that sounds really Adam obnoxious. Sandler stamps on it more than anything. I, yeah, totally. Know. So I guess if you are the director of an Adam Sandler movie... How do you put yourself You can't override that. that. No, you you couldn't override it even on the set. You can't say to Adam Sandler, mm, don't do it that way, let's try it this way. Let's, have, a, let's, have, a, let's have an artsy shot for this scene. Because Adam Sandler's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to fart. <laughs> and the kids will laugh. Why do we need... You know, why do we need a crane camera for that? Let's be a little more economic. <laughs> but anyway, the CG, and the, there is CG and all that stuff in this movie. But I see, you know, it's not super duper CG. It's functional. I, it's on the level of, I was thinking of it more like Robert Rodriguez when he does his Spy Kids films and stuff. It's kind of on the cheap, but it looks fine. Oh, it looks fine, yeah. Yeah, but it's not like, oh my God, that's like... Yeah, no, no, it looks fine though. But it's fine for this kind of movie, I thought... There was no whole... Uh, I could have done without the little... Um, there's also another star of the movie that is like a... Oh, yeah. A real sometimes and sometimes an animated... Yep. Guinea pig. Guinea pig. Um, and you can totally that. tell the difference between when they're holding the real one yeah, with yeah, the yeah. eyes stuck on it with CGI and when it's the fake one just crawling around in the cage. Because... Yeah. And he could have been like... It could have done without it, but it is. it does fit into this... I just kept saying, well, okay. kids will like it, maybe. And then we saw a trailer before the movie about... A whole movie with guinea pigs and uh, guinea pigs and stuff coming to secret the, agents, uh, secret agents, G force. That's what I'm saying. So Adam Sandler has one. This movie has tons of. Yeah, them. and those look excellent, though. Those yeah. look really good. Those were CG. Now I'm ones. saying the movie doesn't look too interesting, but I would like to see a full movie of animated animals. That was that a look movie good. with Bill Nighy. I know. And Bill Nighy's 
awesome. And the other guy, Will Arnett from uh, Blades of Glory. Um, he's all right, but I but really saying, love like, Bill Nye. I mean, come on. Yeah, no. Girl in the Cafe. What was that movie called? The G G Squad. G Force. G Force. Yeah, it looked. It's a movie that's coming this summer anyway from Disney. And it's, kids will love it. Kids will love it because it's got. Rodents. And we'll probably get it and see it and watch it, and then we'll say, mm-hmm. "Oh, we'll love it." Then again. Yeah, because I didn't know I would love Bolt. And I absolutely love it. I'd watch it again right now. So moving on to DVD extras or um, Blu-rays plus DVD plus digital copy extras of this movie. <laughs> um, it comes with a slipcase as usual, which doesn't differ from the um, actual box. You get three discs, a Blu-ray disc, a DVD, and a digital copy, which we said in the beginning of the show. I find fair that enough. very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's Well, not just fair enough. I think it's... Uh, Good, because in the past they might have what you know collectors. They might have bought this yeah. and the DVD. Don't have to. Do My that. problem is the whole thing should cost about twelve bucks. It should, and it doesn't. Okay, so <laughs> that was very disappointing. Now this uh, doesn't have a lot of features. Funnily enough, like it's pretty light. Man. It's got a nice menu. Um, it's got very nice picture quality and audio. In fact, the audio was kind. I thought it was actually kind of quite mm-hmm. good I wasn't expecting much but for a kids kind of movie it was good um, you know and it's nice picture and it has some extras all on the Blu-ray disc uh, the DVD version of the movie inside the box doesn't contain any extras so if you want to see the extras and you buy this Blu-ray version you need a Blu-ray player um, so there's hilarious bloopers and deleted scenes there's hilarious quite f- is a kind of a strong word not really hilarious they were okay I, I like seeing Russell Brand. There wasn't enough Russell Brand. There wasn't exactly. enough. It was more Adam Sandler and everybody else. And I said to you, I can't wait to see some Russell Brand outtakes. And, and then he only appeared once. Yeah. So, um, and then there was uh, deleted scenes, and there's quite a lot of deleted scenes. Um, they make up about ten minutes of deleted scenes. Um, nothing to change the course of the... Just deleted scenes. I mean, mm. deleted scenes are deleted scenes nowadays, unless they're absolutely groundbreaking... Or alter- I like watching an alternate ending. Or- the only ones that I've ever felt had a massive would have had a massive impact on the movie was Lord of the Rings when the deleted scenes were telling the backstory of Aragon. Yeah, and when they put them back in the movie and and explaining which when you watch the original movie you have no clue unless you've read the books which I have not that he is actually a person who lives hundreds of years as well. While watching the movie, you would have no clue about that. Watching the extras and building up the relationship between he and his father. Uh, I'm just saying. That's I know. I digress. And then you get you also get um, get to know Bugsy the bug-eyed guinea pig. It's a little three three and a half four minute short about mm. the guinea pig, and it's absolutely kids will love it. Adults not so much. And I said I have a niece who's um, early twenties, and she would love it as well. She'd be going, oh, oh I want a guinea pig because she has two rats and a mouse. Well, there you Already. go. There's there's a uh, some people like them, some people don't. <laughs> And then there's a special look at the special effects. And this, uh, I actually kind of liked it because they showed you this big blue room that they'd made. Big circular blue room. And they got the act, there's a scene in the movie where they do this space fight thing. Anti-gravity fact. And instead of having them on wires, they had them on these things called tuning forks. That's what the guy called them. Yep. Where they kind of spin them around on these forks. And I, I said go, to you, I've never seen that done No, before. you put them in like a diaper, which looks like a little diaper harness. Yeah. And then they just spin them around. You and stick them out of spear right through the body. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it looks like. like. <laughs> it looks like you stick a, like a, you know, an arrow through the head. Yeah. That's what it looks like. <laughs> put through the body. But anyway, um, that was an interesting look at behind the scenes. Oh, 
not overly produced actually it was just no. fine it was just a and then um, that is it actually for extras there's Disney BD Live which I still think is the best version of B, uh, BD Live out there Disney's Portal unfortunately we couldn't look at it because this isn't out till next week um, but from past experience well what this is going to include is movie chat I absolutely think that is completely useless because you can chat with your friends while you're watching the movie. Like an AOL Messenger pops up, a Disney one. Um, I find that impossible to do with a remote control. It's really difficult. Um, the people who invented that are the assholes in the movie theater who text their friends yeah. on their phone while they're in the movie theater. Like I'm so going to be doing something else while I watch it. the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then there's movie mail, which is I can send you an email that appears on your Blu-ray player. I could also send you an email on your computer that you could really deal with easily with a So keyboard. that you don't have to go down to your player player, put in the movie, bring it up. And use a remote Live. control to type an email. <laughs> Who thinks of this shit? People, it's a DVD <laughs> player. Just leave it at that. Can we just leave it at that? Okay, and, and disc two is a digital copy that you can use on your Windows Media laptop or on iTunes. And disc three is the DVD version of the film Sans the Extras, as, as I said mm. earlier. Now, on the sticker on the front, they say... This is a limited time combo pack. You get the Blu-ray, the DVD, and the digital copy. It's a $69 value. No, it isn't. No, it is not. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, overall, I think that's a nice package, though. Um, to, I, I am a fan of that, giving you everything. It's quite expensive. It's actually $39.99 retail. You can probably... Oh, my God. You, you don't have to pay that much, because I have seen it for 31 online, and then when I looked again, I saw it for 27 and it's not out yet. So the price is going down and it's not even out. So you can probably find it for $20 in Walmart the day it comes out, I imagine. They always slash things, don't they? Mm. Immediately. But anyway. 16 is fair. 12 is better. I'm yeah. putting my foot down. But um, it's... I think if you've got kids, you've got younger kids especially. I was thinking somebody like my friend Ray. I think yep, his kids they will, will watch it. it multiple times. Multiple times. Easily. And they can watch it wherever they want. On their iPod. In the bath. <laughs> in the garden in a hole <laughs> wherever they want <laughs> don't leave me with your it's kids very <laughs> let's go and dig a hole in the garden kids and we'll throw a DVD player down there with you yeah anyway um, that's bedtime stories and uh, I kind of enjoyed it That's I my... kind of enjoyed it too yeah um, but I'm, I don't think I'm the target market <laughs> Maybe I am, because Adam Sandler's trying to cross over there. As we transist into the next movie, here's what I'll say. It was a little unfortunate to watch Truman Show and then that movie, or to, on the same day. Oh, totally. Because Truman Show is so fantastic to me. Anyway, um... It kind of washes, it would just kind of override it anyway, so... The, so, yeah, the, ne- the second movie, which we're not going into main depth, we'll do that in the written review, is the Truman Show on Blu-ray disc. Now, this came out um, on Blu-ray disc... Around Christmas time, I just we just haven't got around to it. Um, so it's out there. Um, it's a pretty bare bones disc. It just contains the extras that was on the special edition of the Truman Show that came out a couple of years ago, not the original DVD of the Truman Show. Um, now let me just say this is how much I like the Truman Show. I own three copies of it now. I own Blu-ray, the original one from the year it came out, and the one that came out a couple of years. Do you still ago. own that one? Because that would have been region. Your region in England. Yeah, I still... I know I bought it on import from America. So, yeah, I've got all three. Ooh, you were... De- oh, nice. Yeah. That's so, why I fell in love with you. Because when we met, it was soon after Truman Show came out, and we both loved it. And let me say... So, I've seen the Truman Show on DVD several times over the years. 
And I got to say, it looks amazing on Blu-ray. Like it's the unbelievable. Re- like, like it, sh- like it should look. It's like it looks like a film, like a movie. Not just that. Well, I don't think that. I think it looks like a manufactured TV show, like it is. It yeah, it looks yeah. so pristine and perfect. That's what the and it uses like the that kind of ultra real fifties weird shiny look about it. And it looks amazing. People's skin, the texture of their clothes. I was going to say, so it's, it's a movie that has a lot of close ups of people's faces, and mm-hmm. um, that's where you get a lot of detail. And I and and it's one of those movies that also on Blu-ray that uses the whole letterbox. Oh, I love it's not, that. not full screen, the whole letterbox. Yeah, but I love that. Yeah. It's a full widescreen, there's no black bars, even on your widescreen screen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the, the Truman Show, it's the story of... A, a man whose entire life has been in a television show from the moment he was born, and he does not know it. So his whole world is manufactured by a man named Christoph, who developed the show, and now it's like a worldwide sensation everybody watches everybody's addicted to it they have product placement so all through the show everywhere he turns there are advertisements behind him and stuff and i like the way and you said just what i was thinking when i was watching it this time i've probably seen it 10 times maybe oh yeah it's even more sinister than you think about it the first few times you see it because it's just it's to a, control a person's life, even though you think you're protecting them from the whole outside bad world. Which maybe you, take, you are. You could say that at the end. Yeah, but in the end, he's just a tool to sell stuff and to feed this Kristoff's need to, like, just control this little part of the world. That's all. And mm-hmm. yet, this his whole life is disposable because he has it's no choices. It's very cool. It's like a it cool is, experiment. It is, but it's wonderful. I yeah. mean, it's so... It's a lot... It, in my opinion, and now I may be going... I'm not over the top. This is exactly what I mean. It is a life-changing idea of a movie. I think... Because it, it lifts you up at certain times when you think, you know what? I am a little bit brainwashed by the whole world. Yeah, yeah. Fear and, and advertising and controlling everything I do as a means to move money from one place to another or... To just be manipulated to do what people want and not live my life the way I want. Yeah. Now, this is, an, this is a movie, and yet it puts that thing in my mind. I think that's why I love it so much. Well, one thing I was thinking of this time when I watched it, which is probably, like... I've probably getting into the seen it ten times as well, like... Um, but every time I watch it, one thing I feel about it is it's, like, almost a perfect movie, if not, like... I agree. Like, it's well made. The story's... Really, like, because this movie's from 1998, it's cutting edge for its time because it was before reality TV took a hold of everybody's lives and the Facebook and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. This, um, and it's such an interesting idea. Like, it's really underrated because it didn't get much. I agree. It, and it's it didn't get any awards. It wasn't. People didn't really talk about it so much. You even don't hear about it now. I mean, there's a lot of people you could probably show them this and say, have you seen this? And they go, no, what's that? You know why? And I think I mentioned earlier, because people underrate Jim Carrey, I think, a lot. Yeah. And you put that in the equation, a lot of people go, oh, that guy, Ace Ventura, what a little crap. You know what I mean? Even though they have no, kind of like Will Ferrell, except Will Ferrell somehow has pulled himself yeah. In a weird... I don't know how, but he's got... Well, maybe other people think he's lowbrow, but I think Jim Carrey just... People I mean, under... Don't give him enough credit. And The Truman Show is a comedic role, um, but also a dramatic role at the same time. It's a bit of both. Um, and tragic, and it's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it is. Tragic is a good word, because it's yeah. doesn't... It's not surface tragic. 
once you dig into it, and the older we get, maybe, the more we think of how tragic it is, because he's had no choices. No. Everything is manipulated to the benefit of others, and he's just there. And it's interesting where the, when the interviewer says to the creator of The Truman Show, um, so this is the very first baby to be adopted by a corporation. Yeah. Which is like, when you think about that, you're like, oh, God, that is, his parents are a corporation, like... Yeah, but his parents are actors. His wife exactly. is an actress. Yeah, and then then I was thinking about that. I was thinking, so they they've hired this woman, who's an actress, exactly. to be his wife in the show, the Truman Show. She knows that he's being tricked, and she's got to go into this as his wife. She's got to do everything that a wife would do. Everything, like including a prostitute. Prostitute. Yeah. So you can think about. In it fact, many... she's trying to get him to have a baby. Yeah. So she's gonna have a baby For a, in a fake and world. Then, and then you're like, when it shows you. A little interview with her at the beginning. She says it's a noble life. She sees it as like it's art, and she's yeah. She sees she doesn't. She kind of ignores that part. She she I should be in this. And there's amazing moments in this movie. One of the most amazing is to me. It makes me have goosebumps down my spine. Is where he's kind of he's kind of figuring it out, and he's in the room with her. And he starts to threaten her. He starts yeah. to act a bit threatening. And she just yells at the um Do something, camera. yeah. Um, and then she's saying, I can't do this. It's not professional. It's just really a good scene, that, I think. It is. Because, because it, the cracks start to show. And then, then you know, things And in start. the car, another moment when it gets tense, when he's like, you know, watch the loop. Yeah. And then he's like, ah, ah. And she's like, just let me out. And he locks the doors. And he's like... It gets more... Because he's not a dangerous guy. He's just trying to push the boundaries. Because he believes something's going on and he wants to try and figure these and people the, out. Like. Yeah, the, you pick up that the theme of his life, of him as an individual person, has always been that he wants to explore and go places and do things. Just, it's in him, right? No matter how controlled his environment has been, they show, they show like, what they call, like, you know, the best moments of his childhood and stuff, where he wants to get off this, quote-unquote, island... But they construct everything around to make him afraid to do anything in his life. So it's in him, his whole life, to go out into the world and do stuff. And yet he's in a, you know, in this, like, prison thing. And it's... We make it sound a lot more serious than it appears. And I don't know that if oh, you were to watch it now... I think it is really For serious. the first time ever, if it would have the same impact as having watched it through the years. I'm not sure. Since we were in our, you know, 30s, 30. And growing up with I, I, from the very first time I saw it, I was blown away by it. Like, I just liked that idea. And I kept thinking to myself when I very first saw it, it'd be interesting to see a show like that on TV. It really would be interesting, but cruel. Like, but, you know, and then shows have come along, like Big Brother and things like that. But they're not it. They're not like this. No, no, not even but close. But they're... Attempted. They're also skirting around this kind of thing. Like, you know, Um, I disagree. They're completely manufactured, but... This, so is this, this totally it isn't because he's not. He's not. Everyone in every show he's ever seen, they're all know it. They're all aware of it. So it's a completely different thing. You, Joe Schmo, then. Oh my God, it's the same thing. That's so fake. Come on. Oh well, what I'm saying, Joe Schmo <laughs> was trying to take this concept to the, to the next thing. to the actual TV. Even though, yes, you could it say was that bullshit. was fake. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. A show did exist that was yeah. similar to this, um, but maybe not a full life. Um, this is available uh, on Paramount Blu-ray disc, and it's uh, 20 bucks. It's totally worth the money, in my opinion. It's pretty bare bones. It's got some extras. Um, they didn't even <laughs> put a picture on. The- you can tell when a disc is bare bones when there's no inlay, and uh, 
They just use the silver disc. It's just I'll be very type. honest, for a Truman Show, I need no extras. I don't care about how it was made. I don't care about the special effects. I don't care about interviews. Unless it's a, a, a retrospective now with Ed Harris, the and director. Oh, there is. Well, there's the how it's going to end the making of the Truman Show, which I've watched before because it's on the anniversary edition DVD. And it's actually them talking about it. N- not now, but like three or four years ago when the right. DVD came out. So it is after the fact, mm. quite a- um, not Ed Harris, I don't think, but there was the lady who plays his wife, and I don't even think there was him. See, that'd be, I'd rather, I'd be interested to... But anyway, this is, you can get this for $20. Who um, directed it? Peter Weir. Oh, yeah. Robocop, right? <laughs> I said Robocop did a good job. Um, and it, Buckaroo Banzai, wasn't he? I don't know. You've got the internet. Laura Linney, she's called the... Uh, yeah, she's good. She's good. Everybody in it's good. Noah Emmerich, who plays his friend, I really like I him. I didn't really like his best friend, though. I, I mean, didn't, because he... as a character. Well, I did I like the guy, but as a character, no. you have to think. He's been raised from the time he was a kid to be Truman's best friend, and yet is still willing I actually to keep sucking that, it into because it was them. he was the most sinister thing, because... Whenever, his life has also been a lie, I guess, when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, well, whenever Truman was... Thinking something that the the producers didn't want to happen, or they wanted to quash that idea, they used his best friend as a like uh, you go and speak to him and knock that idea yeah, on yeah. the head, but in a subtle way and scare him or plant like when he goes to <laughs> all those things to just oh it's just brilliant. I have to say it's one of the most brilliant movies oh. I think, and I've seen thousands upon thousands of movies, and I'm a very you know, analytical person about life, I think, and I just think it's... I just tap into it for some reason. Those are all scenes from the movie. Yep, I know. This one, this, that'd be a, that'd be He's a looking good, at the cover very close up, kind of like DVD reviewer. That would be a good uh, <laughs> DVD. Uh, that would be a good poster to have big, because you'd be able That's to a poster. see... That's no, so I'm saying you'd be able to see the scene. I know it's a poster, but I'm saying it'd be a good one to have, mm-hmm. because you can't obviously can't see those scenes. <laughs> um... So yeah, that's the Truman Show, but we'll cover it in more detail in the written review on... Oh, I don't know if I can stop. ...Tuesday. Oh, you'll be... You'll be and good. I'll write it as if I expect everyone to have seen it, so it might have spoilers in it. Um, actually, I was thinking when we were watching the Truman Show that I like the way it's set up, because you can't really spoil it, because it starts off from the offset, telling you what's... What yeah, but you don't know what he's going to do. No, you don't know what he's going to do, but that's there's no... It's not one of those movies which it could have been. The movie that shows you everything and then towards the end pulls out and says, look, this Oh, yeah, this is reveals it later. That yeah, it never does that. And But, there is, you know, like about halfway through where it does pull back to show you the director mm-hmm. at work. Now, that could have been almost... That could have been a reveal moment in another version of this film. True. But I like the way it was set up. As in, the very first thing you see on the screen is the actors being interviewed like a... Yep. And they're talking about their involvement in the show. And then the credits are not the credits for the real... They're, they're saying, this is the Truman Show, this is created by Christoph. Correct. Which I really like, always like too. Not, this is a Peter Weir film, this is the Truman Show. It's like its own manufactured everything. Like, you don't... It's brilliant. Yeah, so... But I think Groundhog Day is brilliant too, and a lot of people think it's... And Groundhog Day, you could also <laughs> put this alongside that, because they have... Not similar ideas, but a similar... There's something about them, isn't there, that a manufactured kind of... Yeah. You know, both... Um, so, yeah, I, 
You can't not recommend this. I can't recommend it highly enough. And even though I know that probably 80% of the people I know wouldn't appreciate it the same way as I do. And Newsweek say The Truman Show is a miraculous <laughs> movie. And I agree. <laughs> you mean everyone who works for Newsweek thinks that? Yeah. Well, you know. They had to sign a waiver. <laughs> so uh, thank you to um, Disney for Bedtime Stories and Paramount for The Truman Show. Both um, Truman Show is available now. Bedtime Stories is available in about a week. Um Movie recommendations for this week. I wanted to... These are the ones I was going to say last week, but we moved the movie around. So, The Prisoner, which is a British TV show. And this was because I was trying to base something on The Truman Show, a recommendation, if you like The Truman Show. You've never seen The Prisoner, Patrick McGoohan, have you? No. It's really an interesting show. I think you'd really like it. He's a guy who wakes up on an island... Similar to the Truman Show, but he's not a, he's not raised, and he has no idea why he's there. And the whole show is him trying to figure out what's going on. All he knows is he's woke up. He he's got a number, the number six, and that's all he knows. And it's his. It's from the sixties. Mm. It's re- it was filmed in this strange little island. It, in England, I think it's near Cornwall. It's a real weird little island, similar to this island on the Truman Show. It's like a contained place, and the way it unravels is a bit like the Truman Show. Mm. And it's just a real interesting, like people messing with you. Right, right, right. You know. Um, so I wanted to do that one, and another one because I was thinking about voyeurism and like. Well, the other other one I wanted to recommend was uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, which obviously is a, a film about voyeurism. But, yeah. Um, I think it's a. I know it was highly, you know, touted in its day as being a really good film, but I think it has been forgotten. I don't think people leave, this generation may have never seen it. Yeah. So you know, James Spade is in it. He's amazing. Yeah, but it's very risky. Truman Show is very family friendly. Sex, Lies, and Videotape is not. Exactly. <laughs> So the don't go don't. rent Truman Show and Sex, Lies, and Videotape and then watch it with your kids. No, all right. So. Yeah, and prison, <laughs> The Prison is all right for anybody. It's a TV show at the end of the day. So. Sex, Lies, and Videotape has that weird, uncomfortable, uh, I'm in too close to these people kind of thing. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And it's a movie for me that really shows you how voyeurism, what voyeurism is all about. Also, another movie, I wanted to say another one, is Crash by David Cronenberg. Oh, yeah. That's like watching... Not Crash... The latest one. No, David Cronenberg's Crash, which I've recommended before, yeah. but that is another movie about voyeurism. Well, it's not about voyeurism, but the way it is filmed is like voyeurism. Like it's, where you recoil a lot. Where yeah. you your neck, you pull your head back like, oh, I don't it's want to Should I be in, watching It's got this? some scenes in that way, you're like, <laughs> really? And I, you're going to go there, and then they do, and you go, I was well, describing that movie to my mother once, and she was like, really? really? It's oh. a brilliant movie. It's, oh. it, and it was so controversial at its time, and... Uh, you know, it still is, I think. I don't think... David Cronenberg and David Lynch, those two guys... Think they're mental? No, they just push the envelope of, like, what can be on the screen, and every time they do it, and, you know... They're not... They're not appreciated by the mainstream, obviously, but they're, they do have their own... You know what? I came to the conclusion this week. I get really pissed off when people... Like, if somebody were to say, oh, like, last week, or somebody said, oh, Groundhog Day, that movie. Like, in a real snotty way on a put a Twitter post or some website I saw and I got really irritated. I was like, how can you not like that movie? And then I thought to myself, I'm such a hypocrite. 
I don't want to like things that everybody likes or understands. So I kind of actually had a life-changing experience there because I realized if you don't like The Truman Show, I'm still going to think you're probably stupid. And that's fine. I'd rather you not like it and understand it because I... I might think less of you. There's not a lot to understand. <laughs> I might think less of you, but I mean, I don't mean. I mean, just specifically that when somebody comes along and says like, "Oh, that was stupid." Yeah, I, that I was really stupid. hate that anyway. Yeah, or like that movie is stupid, and you're like, "Well, no," and I feel the need to defend it or to like win them over. No, and I'm, I'm over so- that. I've totally lost that now. I don't give a shit. No, what anybody. As long thinks. as I like it, if it, if I yeah. enjoyed it, um, I don't really care. And I tried. I do. I know we recommend movies every week for you to watch. And I know probably a lot of you think, oh, that, that movie was <laughs> crappy. Well, I, I feel like I have a different kind of a... I'm not mainstream in my tastes, even though I do like mainstream movies as well. I can enjoy bedtime stories as well as I can enjoy sex, lies, and videotape. But I feel like I do have a slightly off kilter kind of taste. You lean toward that, but you also like mainstream yeah. stuff. Yeah. But then again, I'll get really excited when... Like next week's movie, talking of next week's movie, is Doubt. Mm. Now, that's not a mainstream movie by any means. It's a movie with great acting and... Well, we don't know yet. We haven't seen it. But, you know, an awards type movie. There's going to be a serious subject that I will really probably get into, you know. And then on the other hand, you like... We can't say like, because that's a wrong word. For a movie like Irreversible, which is an experience of watching an art movie, art film... And you do appreciate that as well. You get, and you know, yeah, then uh, you can go over and And watch. then on the other hand, I'll you watch like Fast Enchanted. and the Furious. Yeah, and, and you like Enchanted. That. You were like, oh, that's a sweet story, you know? So you're, you're very, you've got a versatile. I, think I will put up with most movies, to be honest. Um, but there's some I, I'll, I will not actually be into, you know? Yeah. And I find that is generally real dumb comedies. <laughs> or... Very mass market comedies that are just, you know, because I don't. Even though bedtime stories, some people yeah, put in that category. But it had enough fun things. But once things. you've seen it, like with Bolt, I actually wasn't looking forward to that and thinking to myself, "Oh, here comes another kid animation. I'm not that interested." And I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I loved Bolt it. Was really good. So you could overlook things by thinking mm, that's not my type of movie, and yet, you know, because we get a little snobby, maybe sometimes not snobby, but um. Like, oh, you think to bit. yourself, mm, I think I know enough about that movie that I don't really want to see it. But then you don't know, do you? Not really. I, I know, you definitely never know. And you know when we say, sometimes we see a trailer and we think we saw all that movie. Because mm. they, they really force every scene into the trailer. Then I find, when I do watch the movie, the trailer didn't really show me all the movie. There is a lot more to it. Of sometimes, course. Sometimes. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're like, okay, that was exactly what I expected. But sometimes you're like, oh, I didn't expect that. Or they never showed you that. Or, and then there are movies like, you didn't want to see, really, Hancock. And then when you watched it, you were still like, mm, yeah, not. I thought it was terrible. To <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that one you were right about. Because from the moment it came on the trailer on TV, you're like, oh, no, not really interested. When I saw him flying and it looked like <laughs> crap, I was like, you know, maybe that's just supposed to be funny or whatever. But I actually I actually disliked that film, interestingly enough. I'm glad it came with a free Blu-ray remote control, because <laughs> I would have felt right. ripped off otherwise. We wouldn't have watched it, would we? No, I bought it for a free <laughs> Blu-ray remote, right? Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, so your uh, recommendations. My recommendations are, and this is from a thing of watching The Truman Show every single time gives me this uplifted... 
I don't know. I can't describe it. Got to, I can't even... Got to mention one thing about The Truman Show. The music is genius. Genius. It's like a, Absolutely genius. It's like synth music from that the 80s. Dun, dun, when he all of it, stands all the in through. the street and stops the bus and stops the car, and then it wells up again in the in the water and the boat and stuff. Genius. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. But that feeling that I get, that something's tapping into me, this concept of life and control or fantasy and that, mm, that reason I love movies so much, because it takes you to a different thing right these movies do that for me or put that in my mind and where is it i never know where it is okay <laughs> wizard of oz because i have a place in my heart for it and it doesn't matter how old i get when i watch it i i totally regress to the first times i ever saw I also it say love it the wizard of oz uh, will be a probably uh, in fact 99 percent an upcoming after the show because of the blu-ray version's oh, coming out in november oh dear yeah excellent well that's one of mine and that it's Purely sentimental, 100% nostalgic. It's not a fantastic movie. It's not anything other than it gives me that feeling. I'm totally swept away, and that's the only way. I, that's the only other reason I can think of. And then just a goofy, funny one that you might dismiss is Inner Space, because I find it really funny. I is laugh. Inner Space of Steven Spielberg, maybe. I think it's brought like a produced by. Maybe. It's Randy Quaid. Uh, not Randy Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. And um, Martin Shaw. You always do, yes. And uh, that chick, that I, I don't really love her, but she's in it. It's good. I liked it. I loved it. I think it's really charming and funny. And I was thinking of, like, the character of the girl who works in the grocery store. And she's, like, chomping gum. And she's really sick of the job. And then at night, she dresses up in these crazy, like, 80s outfits and goes out to clubs. And she's got, like, a, you know, the dual. I don't know. I just... That's another one that you kind of rally through it because you really want... You yeah, know, I like it. So, those are my work. Wizard of Oz and Inner Space. And like I say, Wizard of Oz is coming on Blu-ray and it's like a... What did we say it was? Like a 70... No, it's not 75 years old, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Wow. Uh, they're 39, 70 years old. Yeah, 70-anniversary yeah. Blu-ray disc. Um, I'm interested to see it, to be honest, because that film has been a bit... If you look at all the DVD versions of it, I know it's an old movie... It looks a bit banged up, like as yeah. in, you know, and you know, obviously the sound's not the best. I'd really be interested to see how that looks. The sound will be with tough. The sound. Yeah. Well, they they remixing it in five point one, so it could be, you know, you've never seen it that no. way. So it's a new way of experiencing Wizard of Oz, a Excellent. film you've seen what a hundred times. Uh, I, at I've at least, yeah, I'm, at least, and me too, because when I was a kid, it's one of those bank holiday films in England, Christmas films. I have seen it a lot of times too. Maybe not a hundred, but and I can't say it word for word. But I know every scene. You know, I'd be interested to see how what they've done to it. Um, contests this week. See the site for details. That sounds like see site for details. <laughs> um, next week's uh, review will be Doubt on Blu-ray disc. I'm really looking forward to it. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Meryl Streep, and the lady from Enchanted. I think. Mm, yes, you're Viola right. Davis. Yes. Yeah. Um, Miramax movie um, usually my cup of tea those kind of movies so I'm looking forward to talking about it as well um, games and a scully stuff if you're going to talk I'm going to run and turn the chicken off so talk for a minute about your stuff okay interesting <laughs> <laughs> so uh, while she's gone let's call her names and uh, uh, she, she's laughing from the other room anyway uh, games and a scully stuff uh, this week I have finished Resident Evil 5 with my friend Ray online um it's a really good game. In fact, I was talking to my wife last night about it. I'm not sure if she was interested or listening. But uh, she's. I said to her that I think it might be my favourite Resident Evil game so far. 
I was just saying that you might not have been listening when I had a discussion about Resident Evil 5 <laughs> to you. Um, but I'm saying it's probably my favourite Resident Evil game and the reason I can gauge this is we finished it on Saturday night, me and Ray together, and when it had finished and the credits had rolled, we both said to each other, I'd really like to do that again on hard. Right you know? now. You were yeah, like, right. like, you said to me, I want to start this if immediately. If we had time, we would play again now. Because like, I can't really explain how good it was. It took us three weeks to finish it too. So people saying it's a short game. We only play a couple of hours, but we played a couple of hours every night. So if you break that down into three weeks, that's... that's you only missed a couple of nights. Yeah, you know, it's a pretty long game. I really enjoyed it. Unlike the game <laughs> Wheelman, which I was really looking forward to, which is Vin Diesel's latest game. Um, you play a wheelman. There's going to be a movie of it coming up. This is the game of the movie about a year before the movie comes out, which is slightly odd. Um, the game is pretty much horrible. Who knows what the movie's going to be like? Um, you're a wheelman in, I think it's Barcelona or somewhere like that. You're driving around doing what's these, a wheelman? Like a getaway driver, like transporter. But without the transporting... Yeah, somebody who's very good with cars. <laughs> getaway car. Getaway driver. Yeah, if it, maybe if it was a transporter game, it would have been better. Mm. But um, anyway... Not necessarily, because the next one coming up, you really like the movie and the game. Yeah, so we reviewed the movie on after the show even, Wanted, um, on Blu-ray, like a long time... Well, several, several months ago, probably. A couple of months ago. Um, and then the game has just come out, Wanted Weapons of Fate. Now, the game's a prequel and a sequel to Wanted, the movie... I actually enjoyed the story while I was playing it. And I, I said to you I also enjoyed curving the bullets, because you can do this in the game, like you can in the movie. But there's just something a bit wrong with the game. Like it's we When we watched the Blu-ray disc, remember, mm-hmm. we discussed it on After the Show about... The game looked really they had, horrible. They had a making of the game section, and I was saying to you, oh, this game's horrible. And it, remember, whenever you watched an extra on Wanted, the Blu-ray disc, it said, here's a code to unlock something in the game. Well game turned out to be... Did you use all those codes? No, I can't give a shit about codes. <laughs> I, I play it, I'll play it. Could have made the game better. What, the, the, to turn it into a different game? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's wanted, it's... Turn it into a It's literally game. four hours long. I, I'm on the last level now, and I played it less than four hours. So, you know, it's not value for money. There's no multiplayer. If you're interested in the story of Wanted, it does continue the story... I'd give it a rent, you know. And if you like shooting and curving bullets, it's fine for four hours. But that's not really a good recommendation for a game, is it? No. And third, a game that came out today and I've been playing is Guitar Hero Metallica. Now, I'm not the biggest Metallica fan, but getting Guitar Hero Metallica and playing it through, I've realised there's a lot more songs by Metallica... There's a lot of songs by Metallica that I didn't really know was Metallica that I actually like. I know this is kind of like their greatest hits. You know, it's all the big mm-hmm. ones. But there's there's one song in there. I'm not sure of the name of it. But the stage... They come on the stage and then a, a, a big curtain lifts behind them and there's a full, you know, a full orchestra. And the song's got a full orchestra in it, in Guitar Hero. And obviously you're not playing the orchestra parts, but the song's epic, like, you know, because it's got an orchestra in it. But there's a lot... And there's, it's not just Metallica. It's also... This is like... Um, uh, Steve Miller band and is this stuff that's inspired them and that they have inspired stu- they chose, like the Aerosmith they one? chose the tracks it's um, stuff that inspired them or oh, stuff I- they like as well you know like stuff they listen to I didn't even know you liked Bob Seger that was interesting I like that one song Turn the Page but I'm more familiar with the Paul Weller version of that 
who is the singer, if you're not familiar with Paul Weller, we, there was a band called The Jam uh, from England. They were part of the mod thing, um, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day. And uh, Paul Weller, after he left The Jam, went solo. And he did a an album with a lot of acoustic stuff on it. And Turn the Page was one on there. So I'm more familiar with that one. But I have heard the Bob Seger one as well. And I like that one equally as well. And the Bob Seger Turn the Page on Metallica is a live version, which is cool. Yeah, it's good. It? Yeah, it's good. It's the um, best one. So... It does have most... If you're not into Metallica, I can't recommend you buying it because I'd say 85% of the tracks are Metallica. And I don't like some of it, to be honest. Anything from the 80s I've seen in this game that's Metallica. The raucous kind of stuff. I don't like it. Well, it, it's kind of a cross between like hairband stuff and kind of death metal. Mm. And then it moves into the 90s and I really like the, some of the 90s stuff, towards, especially towards the end of the 90s. Um, but if you're not a Metallica fan it's going to do nothing for you and it's just more Guitar Hero now the big change in it is if you it it follows the um, Guitar Hero World Tour formula so it's not just guitar you can use drums, vocals, bass and guitar now the drums has a new mode and what comes with the game is is a new bass pedal so you have two bass pedals now so Lars plays with two bass pedals so the, ga- the drums, t- drumming parts in Guitar or Metallica use two bass pedals. So you've got to be an expert for that because one bass pedal is hard enough, right? Mm-hmm. You tried it one, but one bass pedal. On rock band? Yeah, try playing with two. Me. Like mm-hmm. it's two different notes. So right. Like that, you know, it might be like... He must be a genius. You've seen him play, it's crazy. Probably not. Well, you saw some kind of monster, the um, yeah, true, documentary, true. which was a really good documentary, really by good. the way. Even if you don't like Metallica, that documentary is good because it's revealing. Very, very good, I thought. Um, so, yeah, that's all the games I'm playing this week. I've also been playing a little bit of Grand Theft Auto on the DS, which I'm not through yet, but it's really fun. And this game called Rhythm Heaven on the DS, which I will probably talk about more next week. Um, Sid talk stuff. What's for dinner? Did you ask? No. Roast chicken, which I just took out of the oven. It looks really good. And salad. So a roast chicken with salad. So, oh, a sandwich and a salad. Or whatever. However, we end up combining the fresh vegetables and the roast chicken. And I've been doing lots of, if we're moving on to my next bullet point, lots of creative things lately. Working on another tattoo possibly for someone. And then a brand new, that's a touch up. And then a brand new tattoo for a cousin of mine who would like to have one on her ankle or whatever. You know, one of those trendy ones. But I'll draw it. And if she wants to put it on her body, fair enough. But it's kind of interesting uh, to think that way now. If I get it, like, and then another friend has asked me to draw just a little simple drawing for the front of her husband's college graduation invitation. I thought you were going to say cock. <laughs> the front of her husband's cock. I was like, what? <laughs> Not yet. That You're my guinea pig for that. And then I'll move on to other people. Um, <laughs> no, just stuff like that. So when you're thinking of that, like drawing a little invitation, just a little fun drawing, versus something someone is actually going to put on their body, while its style might be the same, in my mind, it requires a little more, I don't know. And I think, do tattoo artists who draw tattoos all the time, do they give a shit anymore that somebody's going to put this on their body? Doesn't even register with them anymore what a big deal that is? Or is it just like, eh, here's another drawing? You know, whatever. Probably here's another hundred and fifty dollars. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But for me, it's like wow. You know, I can't believe some people want to frame and hang on the wall something I've drawn, let alone put it on their body. 
and intentionally put it on their body in places that someone's going to see it when they're wearing their swimsuit or their whatever, you know. So that's an interesting thing going through my mind right now. And uh, just going to mention the garden again. Because I almost planted a bunch of stuff the other day, and then what happened? The temperature dropped to freezing again. It snowed in some places of our little area. So hopefully in the next week. And I was going to say, the other day the neighbor lady was out putting her little covers in there. She gets these styrofoam coolers and puts it over a rose bush when it's going to get cold again. And I was out in the garden, and I had these big long tarp pieces of stuff that I'd pulled out of the garden a couple days earlier. And I don't have anything planted in my garden yet. It's just a couple of sticks and stuff sticking up that have a couple leaves on them. But I was taking that tarp stuff and, like, draping it around my little plants. Like I was trying to keep up with her, with my little... Do you know what I'm saying? Keep up with the Joneses. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I want her to think, oh, she's a good gardener. She's protecting her plants, and I have actually nothing uh, to protect. So, <laughs> as much as I claim not to care what people think about stuff, at that moment I was kind of, like, feeling a little competitive. Hers looks like she's covered her plant over with a bin bag and stuff. Yeah. It lo- reminds me of one of the pods from Alien. It does. It looks like it's going to get Like a facehug is going to jump out the top. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. So hopefully next week I'll get in the garden and... Uh... I also want to mention, if you like TV, EastEnders, British TV soap opera, big week this week. It's mm. uh, Peggy and... Um, Archie. Archie's wedding. Dun, dun, dun. I think it's going to be a, one of the classic EastEnders. Uh, Every wedding is. Yeah, yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? I if mean, a wedding is just boring, then it's boring. Let's see, Roxy's wedding was the Sean thing, and they screwed in the little office off to the side. Phil's wedding, the chick fell off the top of the building and died because she was a horrible uh, child abuser. You know, every wedding has its little quirks. Yeah, it does. And EastEnders can kind of be quiet for a while, and then they have a big, outrageous yeah. thing, don't they? And if you don't watch it, you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so uh, thank you for listening to After the Show number 63. Thank you. And uh, I want to remind you about ascully.com, sidtalk.com, and there are websites. And go to twitter.com slash ascully, twitter.com slash sidtalk to follow us on Twitter. Listen to our inane ramblings all week. <laughs> or whatever. I, I You're really into the health thing right now. He's on uh, doing like uh, watching all your intake and exercising more. So you Twitter a little bit more about that sometimes, I notice. I've uh, yeah, I've been uh, watching my what I eat and doing some exercise recently, and I've lost about ten pounds, twelve pounds now. Twelve pounds in three weeks. I've been trying to do something similar and haven't lost any. Now you probably have. You don't weigh yourself. I don't. I think it's evil. But I think you probably have if you've been eating like I have. Have you been feeling me up, feeling to see if there's a difference? I mean, that's not the way. That's to an tell. invitation. <laughs> Anytime. Right. Nice. <laughs> this this um, podcast it's had the word cunt. It's had. Something about somebody's cock, and it's had you asking me to feel you up. It's definitely explicit. <laughs> I didn't say feel me up there. No. I'm just saying. I mean. <laughs> and there's been chicken and movies and stuff. So uh, you can also get this podcast on iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace. You can email feedback to ascoli at ascoli.com. Never email feedback to sidtalk.com oh because she hates you all. <laughs> <laughs> my spam filter hates you all it isn't me it's taken over I can't control it um, you can send me whatever you want I'm just saying I may not get it because you my can, spam filter <laughs> you can um, add uh, Ascoli Live um, on X- if you're on if you're on Xbox Live and you ever want to play a game add Ascoli Live to your uh, friends list um, and PlayStation Network I'm called Ascoli you can follow his group on... You can go to the group on Facebook, Ace Gully, um, after the show. I hate the way the new... You know when they've just changed Facebook to a new thing? You know when you go to your group and you want to post a podcast, like I did? Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't work anymore. You know when you used to be able to post the link of the MP3 and it would put the little play button and everything. Don't work anymore. Stopped. Are you sure? Yeah, totally. I tried it three times last mm. week. It, all it does now is um, says something about this is an invalid something audio file. It's an MP3, you idiots. <laughs> like invalid with my ass. <laughs> oh, there's another one. So yes. yeah, don't. Um, I I haven't been able to add the podcast to there, mm. but you can go there to get the link. to You can the play them straight on aschoolie.com anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's it Uh, stay classy Mr. Truman and Mr. Boucher (laughs) what was this guy called Mr. Skeeter Johnson Um, and that's all I have to say and I'm going to say think for yourself live your life for yourself because little do you know someone might be holding you in a life that's completely fantasy for their own benefit